Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galanti, along with T. Frank Carr. T. Frank, we've got a really fun program scheduled for today. We are, you did a couple articles over the last couple weeks talking about guys who are potential stars on this Penn State football team. And as a Penn State fan, anytime you start identifying guys who could be stars, that's a good day, T. Frank. Yeah, so it's something I think about on a regular basis. Like, this is kind of the bedrock of my analysis about players when they come into Penn State or, you know, when they come through the transfer portal or when they go to the NFL. Like, does this player have special traits? And do they have, and sometimes more importantly, do they have weaknesses in their game that would prevent them from reaching a level of athletic and uh, positional potential to prevent them from being a superstar. Basically, like, is there anything holding them back? So this is the collection of players that either have unique traits or no flaws that can eventually reach superstar potential, which is not inherently just a physical thing. But these are guys that have the physical traits, and some of them have the positional traits as well. I believe that this is a time in Penn State football history that we haven't seen in a while where there are so many guys who are potential stars yeah. and it, it obviously bodes bodes well for the future. And it's why this program is on the upswing. So let's get right to it. Let's start on the offense. We're not going to talk about guys like Nick Singleton. Nick Singleton is a star. Okay. Yeah. That's also, it's obvious. Like if you're just sitting here, cause you want me to say the right combination of words, like, I, I find that unproductive. So let's dig a little deeper. Let, let's let's gut this one out and go beyond Nick Singleton and Catron Allen, who, as you just said, those guys, it's it's obvious they're already, they have star potential. Oh, come on. Let's do it anyway. Hey, T. Frank, this uh, Singleton guy, he's pretty good, isn't he? He has superstar potential because he's very fast and he's very mean when he runs. He likes to hit people. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next guy. And this, some folks might say this is an obvious one, but it's not because he hasn't done it on the field yet. And that's Drew Aller. And no matter how much potential is there, as the old saying goes, potential just means you haven't done it yet. Yeah, um, it's hard not to include him because he could, as a quarterback, elevate his status with his physical tools. So obviously, you look at Drew Aller, and he is not lacking any physical tool, physical tools. Even his movement skills are acceptable. He is not a statue in the pocket. He can get bigger and faster and stronger and all of those things, but he has a level of mobility that prevents him from falling through the cracks. Then you talk about the arm strength, the arm talent, which are two different things. The accuracy, which I think is still improving, which is a great sign. I think that's a great thing that he is still improving and working on those traits. Um, and then you look at the situation around him, and that's really going to dictate how superstarry he feels in his first season. There is an opportunity for him to get there next year. It will require a lot of work by people not named Drew Aller to let his talents shine though. So that's kind of where he's maybe an honorable mention on my list, but he is the guy you, you can't go too far down the talent tree without mentioning the five-star quarterback. 
And um, the, the full article has guys that all have superstar potential at some point in their career. Today, we're just focusing on the guys that can get there next year. And technically, Drew could get there next year with the collection of talent around him if he elevates his game from a mental standpoint to that level. And I think that's the under... That's the underrated part is everyone looks at 6'5", 237 or whatever he is now on the roster, and they think those are the superstar traits. And I know I led there, but the real superstar traits are mental for a quarterback. How do you handle pressure? What is your level of stimulation when you are in the pocket? Are you Do you have tunnel vision is essentially what it boils down to. He has shown early on in his career, even not knowing and not being an expert, being able to operate the offense, being able to play in those high pressure situations, and for the most part, execute very small sample size. Um, but yeah, he does have uh, he is on the list of players that has superstar potential who could realize that next year. One thing that I always point out when commenting on Drew Aller, two things that you one you mentioned to me in scouting his high school film, he was much better as a senior than he was as a junior. He yeah allowed himself to be coached up. And the second part of this is, and maybe it was quick judgment on my part, but he didn't look so good in that blue-white game. But by come fall, he had won the backup job, which tells me also he improved even more. It appears to be a guy who accepts coaching and is looking to get better, which is so important at quarterback. Yeah. So the funny thing is, I think the the narrative of the season was the inverse of that, where early in the year, he's thrown through a dime against Purdue. He was very good against Ohio. He showed a couple flashes early on of big play potential. And then he kind of settled down into being just a quarterback for the rest of the year, operating the offense, doing more mundane things when he was in there for cleanup duty. And to me, showing both last year, throughout the season, I think was really important because he, he he had adversity. And what you've described there is also a guy that has overcome some adversity, either internal or external so far in his career, not being the best quarterback uh, in his draft class right away in, in spring football and in winter conditioning. And as you point out, the work he puts in to get there. And I think that those two things are um, indicative of a guy that is not going to fail. And, and I think that's an important baseline for Penn State. You know, anything else could happen, but I don't think his effort is going to be the issue. And when you start with the physical tools, that that's a good thing to know. But as you mentioned, T. Frank, a lot of how superstar he, starry he's going to get is dependent on the people around him. One of the guys who came in from the transfer porter is a guy by the name of Malik McLean, who people have called him a freak physically. Yeah. He was at Florida State. We didn't see star status there, but you still think that potential is there for him. Yeah, so of course we uh, we spend six and a half minutes on the quarterback talking about him, and he's like at the bottom of my list on uh, in terms of guys <laughs> that actually have translatable superstar skills that are in the timeline for a breakout season. Malik McLean was a top 100 player in his draft class, I think, or in his recruiting class. Uh, he went to IMG Academy. The pedigree is all there. He's 6'4", runs in the 4'4s, and has, I, I don't know his numbers in terms of agility, but on film, he looks like a dude that can make hard cuts and can turn and can run. And when I talk about not having physical limitations on his abilities, 
I don't see a whole lot here that I don't like about Malik McLean. To to me, when I watched him at Florida State, it was mostly about control and about using his body correctly. He was trying to run routes like he was six foot instead of six four, but he still has the he still has the hip abilities. You know, he has the fluidity, the explosive, the twitch out out of you know the route stem to run really good routes. Uh, and at this point, it was opportunity because he was behind another really good football player that was older and more mature and was also like 240 pounds as a receiver like that dude was huge. Um, but he has he has the ability to play Z or X in the offense, depending on how he develops and how, you know, the new uh, receivers coach Marcus Higgins is able to work with guys. And at Virginia, he worked with bigger guys. You know, so I, I think that there's there is a there's an opportunity here for him to take a quantum leap with the opportunity to become a, a really complete wide receiver. Now, if he falls short of that and he's still a valuable presence in the offense, I think that's a win as well. But when you talk about superstar potential, it's catching the ball and running routes. And he's shown early signs of being a good route runner. So what's left in the tank there? And at 6'4", he's a little different than the rest of the top receivers at Penn State. Let's go to the offensive line which has become a favorite topic of Penn State fans. We know about the true freshmen coming in, Birchmeyer and Javen Williams. There may be another year away, but I like that you talk about Vega Ioane. The coach, he was the late pickup as a commitment last year. He's got a year in the program, played a few games, showed a few things, and now just recently they came out with the new weights, and he put on, he's up to what, 350 now? 352. Yeah. Yeah. And having been close to him in person a couple times in February, um, doing a couple of different events, he doesn't look 350. He looks the same as he looked last year, but w- the, not to get too nerdy about it, but the, the development of young athletes, it, 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 all the auxiliary muscles and all the things that you don't train when you're not training professionally. All of those grow and uh, your your compound lifts and everything get better because it maybe you really focus on your pecs or your quads or your glutes or your hamstrings, but now you're doing it properly and doing everything. So you just get this natural growth of, you know, primary muscles and and uh, stabilizer muscles. So, yeah, he he went from 330 when he walked on campus to 350. I think he can trim down a little bit and be unbelievably dangerous. So he's got the raw power. Um, areas he needs to work on are just technique, uh, at this point, because I think his athleticism, his movement skills, I want to learn a little bit more about his lateral agility, but his quickness and his size and his power are all things that can make you a superstar at guard, which by the way, is really hard to be a superstar guard. Like that doesn't happen. You have to be a tackle. You have to be, if you're going to be on the offensive line, you have to be somebody. Juice Scruggs had a great year last year. And we talked about him because he was the center. And he's like, you do your job on the interior. People don't notice. Um, he could be a guy that gives out devastating pancakes. And the type that I think everyone thinks happen, but don't. Like the put a dude on his butt, ass over tin cup sort of pancake blocks. That is what his potential is. Uh, for Penn State football, a difference maker on the interior and a guy that I think can also pass block really well. Athleticism, great hands, fast hands, huge anchor, all these things. He can be all of that. And it's about his development now until October. 
can he develop his mental skills and his positional skills to unlock all these physical attributes? And and I'm I'm super excited to see if that happens. And it's nice, T. Frank, that there are some obvious names on the offensive line, and we're going like third or fourth guy, and as you mentioned, an interior lineman, and talking about superstar status. And it's also nice that you talk about a guy who carries 350 pounds well. Yeah, and this is the conversation I've been having since last year when you saw some of the early signs of these guys on campus, and it was just a bit too early, but they have depth now. They have competition. So the starters are not guaranteed to be starters. They're favorites coming into the competition because they were the starter to begin with, but if if Vega takes a big step forward, there is absolutely no reason he shouldn't be the starter. You have the competition on the interior. You have three spots, five guys. I would even include six if they wanted to get Drew Shelton into the mix there, if they if they want to play Caden Wallace a tackle. So you've got tons of talent. You just have to figure out where to play them. Very good, T. Frank. We're going to continue this conversation in quarter number two. Stick with us. Hey, guys. This is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. We've got a great topic today. We are looking at T. Frank's list of potential stars on this Penn State roster. In our first quarter, we talked about Drew Aller. We talked about wide receiver from the transfer portal, Malik McLean. We also talked about offensive lineman Vega Ioane. Interesting conversation. The next guy on your list, the last one on the offensive side, is tight end Theo Johnson. I think a lot of us, T. Frank, have been looking at him as a star-type tight end but it just feels like injuries, the fact that Brenton Strange was there also playing really well, has kept him from reaching that elite status. 23 really feels like this is going to be his year. 
yes. And I think, you know, injury is the number one thing that we should be fun- mentioning here. Um, last season, you know, reviewing the tape of the year, and by that I mean my own interpretation of everything that was happening, kind of doing a self-assessment. I wrote a lot about how the offense was very disjointed early in the year. Are they a three receiver set system? Are they a two tight end system? What do they want to be? James Franklin was stumping for one thing at the beginning of the year, and they were very different through the first month, month and a half of the, of the football season. And Theo Johnson got hurt in um, training camp. He was not available for the first two games, and I don't believe he was 100% uh, even when he came back. So that I I do believe that threw a big wrench in what that offense wanted to be initially and, and really what their plan was, because what happened was you're putting Tyler Warren into that Y tight end role, the traditional what you think of as a tight end. And he has the size to do it, but I don't think he has the length. I don't know that he is the overall receiving athlete that Theo Johnson is. And I, I honestly early in his career thought he could be in terms of kind of being a hybrid between the two. What I saw last year is he's he's much more of a Bretton Strange than he is a Theo Johnson. So they were not as adept in those two tight end systems because they were trying to mix and match and find somebody to bring Theo Johnson's skills to the table. Fast forward to when Theo Johnson is healthy. If you look at like week seven onward, he was the most dangerous tight end in America down the field. Um, I'm just looking at the total numbers for the season. His average depth of target, including when he was injured, 13 yards down the field. That is third among tight ends with at least 20 receptions, according to PFF. If you isolate just the areas of the season where he was kind of in that role, um, he was number one. He had an average depth of target of 17 yards down the field. Last season, when targeted, he had a perfect passer rating. 158.3 158.3 according you know on the NFL pass rating scale I've never understood how the college pass rating scale works by the way and I, I just I don't want to know because it goes up to like 500 doesn't make any sense so you know in this in these contexts in these parameters he was the most explosive tight end in America last year his average depth of target his average yards per reception his number of explosive 15 plus yard receiving games and and catches All of these things were, if not the top in the nation, were among the best in the nation last year. Not just the Big Ten, everywhere. So if you say next year Theo Johnson is healthy for the entire year and he's used that way, what does his production look like with a quarterback like Drew Aller, who has a stronger arm and I think has shown early signs of being a more accurate deep passer? That could be a superstar breakout. Does that mean he's a complete player? That still remains to be seen about Theo Johnson. He got better as the season went on as a run blocker, but primarily he was doing a lot of work out on the perimeter. He started to finally take advantage of being 6'6", 260 against safeties and corners or linebackers running out into space where he had the advantage on screens, swing passes, bubbles, things like that in the quick game. But even, you know, and, and we the problem is you look at one or two blocks, a couple anecdotal things, from Maryland, I believe it was, onward, he became a better inline blocker where, where, where he makes the biggest difference of being the, an extra offensive lineman, you know, is, is how you want your tight end to be. He was not that, but he was making strides to be a, a capable blocker on the interior of the formation and not just out in the slot or out wide. That needs to continue because last season, one of the strengths of this offense 
and this is kind of getting into a preview of what needs to be replicated for next year, Penn State's um, pulling game, whether it was power or counter, Brenton Strange on counter plays and, and lead blocking as a in a couple of different systems was very good. You think about the, the runs against Auburn, where he's leading the way. Someone needs to replicate that. They also did some pretty good work when they would throw the ball and pitch plays and get to the outside in either outside zone or in some uh, pull and lead concepts. During the season, Theo Johnson, you could not run to his side. You could not run to where he was because he would give up the edge, whether he would allow penetration and have to bubble the run or if he would just lose contain and force a cutback. So that's where he needs to get better to allow them to use multiple schemes and allow him to set the edge and if he does that, then yes, that's a superstar. That's a superstar tight end. He's changed the math of the interior part of the field already. Last season, the way Indiana played Penn State and the way a lot of teams were playing Penn State was we are going to basically play Red Rover over the middle of the field. Our interior defensive backs, they are going to line up with their butt, not to the sideline, which is usually where you have guys line up. But basically, like, you know, in basketball, like they're guarding the hoop. And the hoop was the middle of the field. So you have uh, Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren going over the middle of the field, making these big catches. Teams stopped. They, they were giving Penn State the, the out routes, any out route they wanted. Part of that was the scouting of Clifford. Part of that was the scouting of the receivers. There were not dangerous threats to the outside. So teams were already scheming for what Penn State was doing. Now, it's not just Theo Johnson. Parker Washington was a major threat over the middle. I mentioned the other tight ends. So it's just that Penn State's offense funneled through the middle of the field. Now, when we talk about McLean and we we fold all this back in, if teams play that way next year, Penn State has the speed on the outside, theoretically with Cephas, Keandre Lambert-Smith, um, Trey Wallace, all these guys, to take advantage of you're forcing the numbers to the middle of the field we will attack outside. And then once Penn state is able to break that, then there's no way to cover this offense, you know, and, and, and I don't want to say cheat, but like you, you can't just pick one area of the field and cover that and then cause them problems. This will all develop next year, but this is kind of what's it's set up for. Penn state is very strong over the middle of the field. Theo Johnson can be a highlight of what they're bringing back and it can open things up for the rest of the team. So that's why I, I I think he's the number one candidate for a breakout season if things continue the way they did last year. And there was no other real threat to the outside, and he was still getting yards and getting chunk plays. Don't play cover two against this team because they Mike Yersich did such a great job of attacking the middle of the field that I think that should continue, and that should, with a full healthy season, Theo Johnson should be a guy that experiences some sort of breakout this upcoming year. Terms and conditions apply. He can't get hurt again. And we all know that defenses could choose to take away one style or one player or one weapon on offense, which means it's so important to have the multiple weapons. And that's what's exciting about this offense. You start with the default that the running backs are there. Yep. If the default is the tight end is there, the question is just will you have the wide receivers that can also be the weapons? So you just leave defenses with essentially they got to pick their poison, right? This is where Penn State has not been for the last three years, really, was they did not have enough threats and they could not threaten enough parts of the field to cause these problems for the defense. So you don't have a running game in 2021. 
2020 nightmare season. 2021, you don't have a running game. So you rely on screen passes and you feed uh, Jahan Dotson the ball on every play. Um, struggling to consistently hit downfield so teams can shrink everything on you, not play the box and flood the zones to the outside. 2022, they have a good but inconsistent running game uh, and they're able to threaten over the middle of the field, but they really struggle to the outside. So you can still, again, funnel to the middle of the field and uh, blitz, you know, and that was one of the issues that Penn State had last year was was keeping Sean Clifford clean when teams could win up front. This upcoming season, the offensive line should take a step forward. They should maintain their danger and their threat levels that we just outlined, and they have more talent that is less proven on the outside. So again, it is that last missing piece, but this should be a good functioning offense next year because they're bringing up enough balance to the table. We just have to find out about the quarterback, which is why he's such a wild card in this in this out in this outline of like who could have a superstar season, who could have a breakout season, who has superstar potential. Because it is set up for him to do that, but he is a sophomore. And we do have to see like the proof needs to be in the pudding before we we make this determination that he's going to be uh, a superstar. But having Theo Johnson, that is a huge part of it. Having a guy that you can throw over the middle of the field, some easier throws, design some things, scheme them up. And, uh, you know, I, I think they have the the baseline talent, even if you don't consider the transfer receivers with Keandre Lambert Smith and Theo Johnson, uh, et cetera, that they should have good offense next year. That that should not be a problem. So where it goes from here, I think they replicate what they did last year. Can they add more? And that's where I think having Theo Johnson healthy the whole season will have huge benefits to this team. T. Frank, we're not going to hit the defensive side until quarter number four. So I did want to ask you, as long as we're just talking in general about the offense, how about getting the running backs more involved in the passing game? Yeah, this is the thing that a a lot of people want, right? And it's, it's seen, I think, incorrectly. So what I see more in comments, either on our YouTube channel for Blue White Illustrated or on the message board is, we need to throw more flares, is what everyone says. Penn State needs to throw more flares. And there's a value to the check down. But you don't design the offense to throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage negative two yards when you have a quarterback that has a cannon. So be careful about what you wish for. I understand getting Nick Singleton the ball is important, but he needs to learn how to run routes and and be more valuable than swing passes because those are... A lot of times that's what the defense wants you to throw. The point of his own defense is that everyone's looking at the line of scrimmage. Everyone's looking at the quarterback. So if you if you design more plays to be thrown to the running back out of the backfield when you're using a traditional passing set and not like a screen or something, then you are allowing the defense to rally and tackle. And it's asking Nick Singleton to be special on every play instead of giving him the opportunity to beat one guy and then be special. So Run routes down the field. Don't throw swing passes. That That's really all the only thing I have about that. Very good, T. Frank. That's it for quarter number two. You want to stick around? Quarter number three, we're taking your questions, and we're asking T. Frank. Stay tuned. Hey, guys. This is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. 
Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to quarter number three of the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's T. Frank Carr. And it's time to ask T. Frank. This is where we take your questions. You can submit them by downloading our app. Just look for Keystone Sports. There's the nice Ask T. Frank button. And you know what? We're going to reward you. You ask the best question. And our good friends at 409tailgateclub.com will send you a wonderful barbecue package, including their great coffee barbecue rubs. That's 409tailgateclub.com. Check it out. Send in your questions. Don't just send in a question, though. Send in a good one because you want T. Frank to pick you out as the winner. Y'all ready to go, T. Frank? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Let's start with Riley in Arlington, Virginia, who says, Hey, T. Frank, does the big weight gain for some of the offensive linemen indicate a specific strategy to get them bigger? I don't remember these kind of weight gains in previous years. Yeah, this happens, not to not to immediately tell you you're wrong, but this does happen. Olufashanu jumped 30 pounds last year. I think Caden Wallace jumped 10 or so. Um, oh, no, no, he, he dropped a little bit of weight last year, but this is what this point of the year is about. So part of the conversation is understanding how football works in a lot of ways. You're They're not all walking around at 3.30 the entire year. So you use this time of the year from a weight gain perspective to get yourself into the shape and the muscle mass and muscle density that you want so that you can maintain that throughout your performance during the season. So if you look and you pay attention to some of these things in January, when they have the updated weights, a lot of guys deflate, like they lose a lot of weight. 
And it's because like they can't sustain 330 pounds the entire year because they're running and they're performing and they can't lift the way that it's necessary to maintain that size. That's why when you get a guy who walks around at 230 as a running back like Nick Singleton, that's when you're like, okay, so that guy's special because he can just Brandon Smith, for as much as people did not like Brandon Smith, like he was naturally 235 because he had these giant bones. Like he had these long arms. He had a big chest, wide shoulders, and like he could naturally, his weight was 225, 235, somewhere in there. So when you have guys that are putting the weight on intentionally and they don't naturally carry that much weight, that's when you see kind of these swings in they lose weight. This is especially true in the NFL. Guys will lose a ton of weight and then they'll be back up at 320 during the offseason. Um, and that's why, again, Vega Yuane can be a superstar because he walked around. He walked in the door at 330 and now he's 350. So if he ends the season at 330, he is vastly ahead of defensive linemen and his peers and everybody else if that's his natural weight. So um, it's. I think the intention every year is to get bigger within the parameters of being as athletic as possible, but they're recruiting better athletes. They're recruiting players that have naturally bigger frames that can sustain that weight. Javen Williams is 313 because Javen Williams, when he is exposed to a weightlifting program, as I mentioned earlier, you know, and how that kind of works, he got bigger. And like, that's more of a natural weight when he's a fully developed man, as opposed to a high school athlete. So, that's the that's the secret sauce. Recruit bigger players and you'll have bigger players. Penn State has not been able to land the guys that have the frame to be the size they want. And so they make adjustments. And that's what you've seen over the years and why they don't have 330 pound defensive tackles, because they don't want guys that have size over substance. They want to have guys that can do both. You know, T. Frank, I also think, and you mentioned like J. Van Williams, he's a youngster just out of high school. In fact, he should still be a high school senior right now. I think the young guys are more fascinating at offensive line because this is their first exposure to collegiate level strength training. Yeah. And that's where you you probably have the most effect. And I think Yoane, even though it's his second year in, um, he's still fairly young and inexperienced. So it's easy to look at his weight change and, you know, come to some conclusions about it yeah. and maybe what they're doing, shaping his body. The other guy that I'm just going to find fascinating to watch his weight is Birchmeyer because mm-hmm. he had to maintain that 285 for high school wrestling. Yeah. I, I so. I think it's good. He gained about seven pounds this offseason. I think he was he's a nat, he looks naturally dense, right? So he looks a little more physically mature, even though Javen Williams might be the more explosive athlete that has more power numbers. Um, the one that looked more mature on film looked like an offensive lineman you'd find in college already was Birchmeyer. So like that was a level of development there. So adding adding more weight and getting him up to 300, 310 quickly, that doesn't that doesn't suit him because he won't be as athletic. And this is, this is an area where we take a lot of these things to be, uh, you know, set truths of understanding how Penn state wants their athletes and understanding the weightlifting program to the level that we can as layman and explaining it. Are there changes? Has James Franklin said, I want to get bigger. 
it would be nice to have some of those guys in the middle of the defense and on the offensive line that can push people around. Have they changed that philosophy? Anytime you asked him since he said that, the answer has been really no. Like, we're not changing our philosophy, but maybe he's not totally telling the truth. Like, there is the opportunity for that to evolve, and I don't want to discredit it thoroughly, but that is the explanation of how Penn State wants their athletes, as big as they can possibly be, while still maintaining the peak level of athleticism for their position and body type. And that is how it is everywhere, um, I think, that plays modern football that isn't intentionally playing a retro brand of football. Let's move on. Let's get to Peter in Lewisburg who says, which transfer portal wide receiver do you think will have the bigger impact Malik McLean or Dante Cephas? Uh, that is a tough question because McLean is here right now, but Cephas uh, is the more polished player overall. McLean has more talent. Cephas has more, uh, abilities, I, I think, is that, you know, kind of like polished versus potential. And Cephas is not without speed. Like, he's a good athlete. I don't think it's the same thing as what we saw and what I got fooled by last year watching um, Mitchell Tinsley run away from people at Western Kentucky with a couple select games against atrocious Big Ten defenses. I thought his ability was going to be to run through tackles and still get yards. That did not happen last year. Uh, Cephas has a little bit more testing number bona fides than, uh, than, than Tinsley did. But at the same time, he's not here. And I know that he's lifting and he's in, you know, working this off season remotely, but there is something different being in the room with those guys being in the weight room, working and, and on the field in spring, learning the offense, going through it in real time, as opposed to getting here in May or whenever he gets here. So uh, if you wouldn't, Sorry, Peter, you're not going to win, but this is a great question because you're making me choose something I don't want to and say something I don't want to. I'm going to default to Cephas because I think it's the safer answer, but I really want to say McLean because he's got the advantage of being at Penn State right now. Is is it safe to say Cephas has the higher floor, McLean the higher ceiling? Yeah, but I, I would say even McLean might have a higher floor too. Like he might have a high floor given his development this offseason uh, and the opportunity. Like a lot of him is just mystery. Okay, Peter, that's, it's a good question, no matter what T. Frank says here. I would give you a chance to win. Let's move on. Let's get to Charlie from Honesdale, who says, Hey, T. Frank, I really respect your opinion. With that in mind, what is the best position in your mind for Mega Barnwell? Uh, well, uh, speaking of weight gains, he went from 250 to 269 uh, in his... Uh, off season lifting program. So he's a stone's throw away from 275. I don't remember the last Penn State tight end that was 275. Uh, offensive tackle would be great. But I keep thinking more and more, and I don't know that Mega Barnwell is the guy specifically, but we keep saying Penn State doesn't have any defensive line recruits to play defensive tackle. Well, Anthony Donko would be a great nose tackle. You know, I watched his film. I thought he was a better nose tackle than guard in, in high school. So uh, I, I maybe he'd be a three technique. Uh, ideally, I love his length and his burst and watching him play defensive tackle in high school. I do think there's something there. If you wanted him to be a super long guy again, that's naturally 295 pounds. Maybe he's 305. That's a great three technique. I, I don't think he's a nose. I think he's a little too big for that. His frame is a little too li linear. You want kind of a guy that's a little more squatty and PJ Mustafer like, but the experts 
all seem to lean tackle, offensive tackle. And I, I see it too. Like the number one way to get an elite mover at tackle is to find a tight end that is too big and put him at tackle. So I don't think you can go wrong with either of those positions. I would lean defense just because I want to see it. But offensive tackle is the is the choice of the crowd. And and sometimes you need to be smart enough to know that maybe other people know something too. You know, it's interesting. You say he's a stone's throw from 275. I prefer to say he's a couple cheeseburgers away, like James right. Franklin talked about before. I'm using the English term for stones, <laughs> meaning weight. <laughs> That's how they measure their weight in England is by stones. I know. How, translate. One stone is how many pounds? I think 10, maybe. I, I have no idea. I, I'm saying things I half understand, for and, and I don't dig myself I, a hole here. Maybe in, I'll find some head, stones. I, I thought it was more like 15 or 16 pounds. Maybe we'll look it up uh, in between segments. All right, let's sneak in one last question. Let's get to Matt in Erie who says, I feel real good about Aller taking over at quarterback, but it'll still be his first year starting. Should we be concerned about him with seeing good defenses from Illinois and Iowa so early in the season? Yes. Yes, 100% yes, you should be worried about that. You should be optimistic, but you should also have the... Re- so I, I I tend to be this wet blanket of like, hey guys, remember reality's a thing. So I'm in a text thread with my family members, with all the, the men family members that love the Buffalo Bills. And my brother, my oldest brother keeps saying like, well, what about Derrick Henry? What if they trade for Derrick Henry? I'm like, I'm sorry, but the reality the reality is the salary cap exists and you don't just get players like it's fun to dream but if you want to not have your heart broken let's let's just sprinkle in some salt of reality and the reality is like Drew Aller has seen a lot last year from from the sideline of everything that everybody threw at Sean Clifford he's seen a lot from the defense this offseason but it is very different when it is you know, I hate the term live bullets, but like when the the opposing defense is actually trying to hurt you, trying to stop you. So the the unknown is how does he respond in that moment and how does he process that information in real time? I don't know. We'll find out together. And by the way, one stone equals 14 pounds. That's it for Ask T. Frank, stick around quarter number four. We're going to name a winner. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, 
local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's T. Frank. I'm Jim. It's quarter number four. And T. Frank, we got to take care of some business. First and foremost, we need a winner for the Ask T. Frank segment. And the winner, of course, will get the prize from 409tailgateclub.com. Who's your winner? So I, I said Peter wasn't going to win. He was giving me the last week we did the barstool question of this or that. Nick Singleton, Katron Allen. He, he's too much similar in the same vein. I don't like going back there uh, twice in two weeks. Uh, a lot of great questions, though. It was still a great question. A lot of great questions this week. Not always the case. Riley in Arlington, though, with the size of the offensive lineman. I think this is a conversation that we don't have enough of understanding sports science and how the body reacts to all these different stimuli. And, and I'm not an expert in it. My my to full disclosure, my wife is a strength coach. So I understand these things through the lens of what I've been taught. And I, you know, I've, I've spent my whole life being fascinated with these things. So I, I'm not an expert, but I do have some insight into how this process works, how the training uh, regimen generally in the scientific community is is done, and then how the, the body reacts. And I don't think that when we talk about athletes, we think of them, them as these static numbers on a page. We think of them as these, uh, you know, cliches of robots and things that are that are that are eternal in their situation. But just like you and me, they gain weight, they lose weight, they they have a standard baseline, but that doesn't always mean that that's what it is the entire year. And we have to remember that when we're going through the season and and all that stuff. So as you can see, I'm still talking about it because I'm a huge <laughs> nerd and I think that this is fascinating. So uh, uh, yeah, that Riley Riley gets to win this week. All right, Riley, we'll be getting in touch with you. And just my one added note on this too, T. Frank, is we're on the outside looking in. Now, you at least, you get there and you see these guys in person and you can react to it. But we also got to remember, these are different body types here. And what's right for one guy putting on 20 pounds during the off season isn't right for the next guy who maybe needs to take some of the weight off. So we got to be aware that these individuals are different also. Let's move on. Uh, it's like good life advice. Just remember that individuals are different and you can't treat everyone the same. That's good yeah. life advice, Jim. Well, there are times also when you said like you and I put on weight and lose weight. I've recently lost weight. I'm looking forward to getting to the other part of the cycle <laughs> where, where, where I could put on weight. So uh, we'll, again, Waiting for tailgate season. That's my opportunity to bulk up, T. Frank. There you go. <laughs> Let's move on. In quarter number one and two, we talked about players on the offensive side of the ball who had the potential to be stars. Let's go to the defensive side. And again, here, we're not looking at the obvious guys, the Abdul Carter, Kalen King. Let's look at some of the guys who it's still potential. And let's start with the defensive backs. 
The first guy that you named, uh, T. Frank, was Zaki Wheatley. Tell me about him at safety. Yeah, so we're going to have a bit of a kind of a commingling of the the first two. But Zaki Wheatley is a prime candidate to be one of the better field or free safeties that Penn State's had in a while. Because, again, we talk about what what are the tools you're bringing to the table and what are the skills that you have that you've developed as a person. So got a chance to talk to Zaki and I'll start with with the mental side of things because we we too often start with the physical side, even though it is the the thing that makes you a superstar talking to him about some of his skills. Uh, he played both corner and safety in high school and he played center field baseball. So if you want to know where his ball tracking skills and his anticipation and all those things come from multi-sport athlete parents, put your kids in all the sports if you want them to be good at sports. So he has this really rich diverse background in terms of what he's able to do as a defensive back. Another thing I really enjoyed watching of his, uh, one of his skills during the blue white game was he was fearless. His, his feet were so quiet and patient when he's watching a receiver run the route stem. One of the biggest factors in, in separation is what is the defensive back? How quickly can he react and how bad of a position did he put himself in to begin with because of that anticipation of which way is the receiver running? The receiver has to declare his route. And and so many times in that spring game, Wheatley in single coverage forced the receiver to actually make the decision on the route before he moved. And then he exploded and made plays. So he's got uh, man coverage versatility. He has the uh, ball skills that we're all aware of, the turnover skills we're all aware of. And I think he's fearless in terms of his desire to take chances. The refinement of that is going to be understanding the situation better and being more judicious about when he takes those chances. Cause it kind of felt early in the season, all or nothing. And then later in the season, he was making less impact plays uh, somewhat because he was in that free role. He wasn't near the box as much, but also because like, I think he was playing in the system a little bit more. So riding that line. And that's, that's what, that's the brilliance of some defensive backs is riding that line of anticipation, trying to make plays, but also not being fooled by stuff. And then you fold in the fact that he's 6'2 and he runs really well. He's got an elite frame and I think he can get bigger like this offseason. He's to 194 pounds. He can be 197. He could be 200 to 201 somewhere in there and be this incredibly versatile player that has the size to play in the box, but has the range and instincts to play and be an elite free safety. So you've got this great package of skills, um, both mentally and physically that we haven't seen from Penn State since Brisker. You know, Brisker had some of those, even though I think he was more of a pure safety. And Wheatley has some skills that kind of ride the line between corner, slot corner safety. And then on the other, and I'll jump right to the next guy, because they fit so well together, is KJ Winston. Big bodied, broad shoulder, talk about naturally walking around at 205 pounds. That's KJ Winston. Enforcer in the box, but has enough speed that he can play uh, deep. And that's going to be the thing I want to see from him because we saw very limited stuff from him last year in, in you know, cleanup and uh, garbage duty and things like that. I want to see more of what his his skills deep are. What you have the potential here is two guys that are 6'2", t- roughly 200 pounds. You have the perfect combination to disguise your coverages in whatever you want. Because it, at the, at their best, at their peak potential, these two guys could be superstar safeties where you could play them at either position and you cannot anticipate based on their alignment, who's going to play where helping you disguise coverage. I think that's the best defenses 
you know, if I'm building my offense, building my defense, I love two high safety systems, cover four systems, cover two systems and having guys like that, because what that does is it, it gives you so many advantages. It gives you the, uh, the unknowing anticipation before the snap where you can dictate some of the terms to the offense or leave them with questions. And then if you've got the good, good enough players to do it, you can give them something unexpected in single high safety systems. It is much more about I'm better than you. My physical uh, attributes are better than yours. And as a defense, we play well together and we pass off, you know, all these things that go into making great defenses as a whole, but it is more based on either um, preventative defense and cover three or pure physical skill and cover one. When you have a too high system, you have the ability to use everything. And I I'm excited about that because I think these two guys at their best, whenever that happens, they can be that pair of safeties and they can each individually and then collectively be a, a superstar package. And it's nice as a fan after seeing Brisker play back there, after seeing Jair Brown play back there to hear that there's the potential for that next generation of defensive backs. I think, as I mentioned, Brisker and Brown were two of my favorite players, and they spoiled us a little bit over the last couple of years, T. Frank. It's nice to hear that there's some guys who could um, pick up the slack as the next generation. The next guy on your list is defensive end Deny Dennis Sutton. And, you know, he came in, um, a lot was expected to him. He was, what, a five-star in some places. But he still has to make that total breakthrough because we already have a couple other defensive ends there, like Adisa Isaac and Chop Robinson. And I think uh, Chop Robinson is already a star there at that position. Yes. Yeah. So can deny Dennis Sutton reach that point also? Yes. Uh, it may look a little different than those those guys that you've seen at defensive end in the past because he is not a elite burst and speed athlete. He is a power athlete. Um, but he's got a lot, like, he's another guy that he came in at 250, 255, and you're like, okay, that's the size of a lot of NFL defensive ends. He's one of the biggest defensive ends on the roster, and now he's at 262. And again, a guy that you, we talk about with Drew Aller of how he got better year to year. He, the process of being coachable and learning, he and Deny are, are the same in a lot of ways in that area. Deny is incredibly humble and self self aware. I've talked to him a couple times, and he's just got that that air of a guy that that I, I won't say he has no ego because everybody has an ego, but he is aware of his strengths and weaknesses and is not going to allow his vulnerabilities to get in the way of becoming the best athlete possible. One of the number one things he talked about when we we said like a lot of guys are not going to say what they need to get better at when you ask them. It, he said like everything I need to get better at everything, which is kind of a cop out answer. And then he said specifically I need to work on my pad level. And you and I have talked about this with deny. It's the number one thing I've said about him since his junior season. If he works on his pad level and he works to be a little more fluid as an athlete, he's going to be unstoppable. And when you have the work ethic and, and knowing a couple things about what he's doing this off season to improve in those areas, I'm confident he's going to get there or get as close as he physically can before his body limitations become a part of the conversation but he doesn't have a whole lot of those. So a five-star surprise, he can be a superstar. And I do think that even with the guys on the roster right now, there is an avenue for him to have that impact next year, whether he's a guy that condenses inside and third down and they, they rush him from the interior like they have in the past with a guy like Yitor Gross Matos, or he's just in the rotation and he makes plays. I think he's going to be an elite defensive end from a run stuffing perspective, because again, he works on the little things 
and the physical skills are obvious. Incredibly long arms, incredibly powerful, and, and, and has a toolbox of moves that were advanced from when he got to school. And then you saw some of the early development in the early games in the year of how those are applied to guys that don't have his level of skill. The next, the next level for him is to just take everything and grow it. And, and he's doing the work to do that. I, I love we saw uh, max testing day, which is again, as you may have noticed, I'm a, I'm a sports science nerd. I love those, but I also love lifting. Like I've lifted my entire life too. And he's a psycho. He is crazy. And I absolutely loved it. I loved watching his intensity and his desire. And that like, you get the veneer of everybody of what they are, you know, like this calm, poised, self-possessed person. And then you see him lift and he turns into a a, a rage monster. I love it. I I just, I I think he's going to be great. And as we know, the way players are rotated on defense and specifically defensive end, he's going to get plenty of reps. That is it, T. Frank. Thanks so much for your great work. And thank you all for listening to the show. Hope you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love.